Welcome to this episode of the Officer Command Q&A podcast. I'm Paul Peluso, the editor of Officer Magazine, and I'm joined today by St. Petersburg, Florida Assistant Police Chief Michael Kovacev. Thanks for joining us today, Chief uh, Kovacev. Thanks for having me. So Chief Kovacev has served with the department for close to 30 years and spearheaded the construction of a new police headquarters, which opened in 2019. He also served on the judging panel on the 2023 Officer Station Design Awards. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of planning for the future. This goes for both facilities and as a look ahead to the challenges law enforcement as a whole will face in the coming year. So uh, first, Chief, can you uh, talk a little bit about the St. Petersburg Police Department's makeup in the area that you guys serve? Sure. We're currently in central Florida. The city of St. Petersburg has approximately 270,000 residents, which has increased uh, significantly over the last few years. It's a densely... um, it's a dense area. Essentially, a number of our residents have started to move in the areas from other states, and we are a landlocked city. So we are a peninsula within a peninsula. So there is very little land left. So a lot of our building has gone up, especially in the downtown and inner core of the city. And uh, with the uh, police department, over the last few years, we have averaged between 550 and 575 officers. But due to the increase in population, we recently bumped our numbers to 602 sworn officers with the city. Yeah, so especially uh, post-COVID, you guys have had a lot of, you know, the state of Florida has had a lot of people move in from other states, and that has grown the population, right? Correct, especially in the city. We were very stagnant for a number of years with uh, population growth. It was fairly non-existent. Uh, but in the last uh, few years, we have definitely seen our population increase significantly. And because of that, especially with uh, some of the areas in the downtown corridors, we have had to add the additional officers to uh, cover the additional calls for service. So your guys' new headquarters opened up, like we said, 2019. Um, how long did the planning take? Can you kind of take us through those early planning stages and uh, any challenges you guys face along the way with the new facility? Sure. So the headquarters uh, project was a dream for the better half of two decades. The original buildings were from the 1930s and the 1960s and 70s across the street. Uh, Essentially, they were combined and uh, lipstick on a pig. Uh, They really didn't fit the needs of the agency, especially how much that we've grown. So uh, for better half 20 years, we looked at trying to find a way to cobble the land together and make it to where we can build a headquarters building. So successfully, we were able to lobby our politicians at our city council, and we received the funding and the go-ahead. It took a number of years to essentially get everything brought together. And then in 2015, roughly 2016, we started doing a spatial needs on what the department currently had and then what the department would need in the future. So uh, it really took off in early of 2016 and between the design and the uh, actual build, it took a little over three years. Okay. Um, And so now that the department itself has been open for uh, about four years now, is there anything that you look back on that uh, you would change if you could go back? 
So a number of the items that we tried to put within the building was having the growth within the areas themselves. So if you had just say, uh, you know, 12 detectives in the major crimes area, you want to potentially have the growth for maybe up to 16 or 18. That was one of the more challenging uh, parts of the building because so many of the areas have the growth built within their areas. Rather than putting an annex spot that's vacant for future use, uh, a lot of the extra or the future growth was built specifically in those areas. Uh, one of the challenges you see is once you build it and you realize that you have the vacancies, everybody wants to quickly double and triple the size of their units when maybe they're not necessarily there yet, depending on the call loads. And then also some of the builds that we've had, we incorporate a lot of flexibility within our builds. So we have uh, walls that potentially could be removed and allow for areas to become smaller or larger, depending on footprints. And then some of the training areas, we have uh, walls that were designed to uh, bifurcate the rooms or make them to become larger so they can be utilized for other purposes as well. So yeah, while, while I was there at the department, I uh, noticed that there was a lot of effort put into creating uh, reconfigurable spaces that you put a lot of that uh, flexibility in there. Has It sounds like it has. Has it come into play um, already, especially with having to hire on new officers? Well, it's, it really has because we have found that a couple of the areas over the last few years have uh, grown in size and a few others have retracted. So a perfect example was uh, we recently changed out. We did not anticipate the growth of our uh, digital forensics area. So because they have increased with so many officers, but a few of the other areas where like report writing has stayed stagnant or essentially has gone down a little bit, we found the ability where we can just flip-flop. So one area would take over a larger area and then a, a second unit could maybe take over a smaller one. So that has helped with, uh, you know, essentially balancing the changes of time because you never know exactly what units are going to be more relevant and as the future goes. Years ago, the check units used to be extremely busy, but hardly anybody deals with check theft anymore, although some of this hasn't come back around again. So you have to have the ability to kind of uh, retract and kind of grow as needed. And some of the workspaces, because they're large open areas, allow for you to shift resources to those areas and allows you to put additional people there. If you didn't have it built in, you would be restricted by the wall space and then we would have been back to square one where we were overbuilt in some areas and just had nowhere to go. Okay. So along with the headquarters, a separate uh, training center was constructed nearby. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the needs that you guys had when you built that uh, facility and what role it's played in the growth of the department? Yeah, so the training uh, facility, we originally had a firing range uh, a couple miles from the station that was built in the 1980s and it was managed by a nonprofit organization. Uh, but after, you know, almost 40 years, it, it, it needed to be upgraded and significant costs needed to be placed into it that they just didn't have. So we decided that, you know, we're a large police agency. We're, we're the fourth uh, largest police agency in the state of Florida. Um, we decided that we wanted to kind of invest in our own firing range. So at the time, we uh, decided to take the old firing range and repurpose it into four classrooms. 
and then add a newer firing range that not only allowed for handgun, but for rifle qualifications. This would eliminate us leveraging other agencies, and because it was an indoor range, it also allowed a number of smaller agencies in our county to feel that they can come over and utilize our range on off days so they have the ability to uh, train, especially in the Florida heat and uh, the uncomfortableness of going out some of the outdoor ranges. Uh, it allowed for us to have our own 10 lane range for uh, handguns and rifles. The nice part about the training facility part was the four classrooms not only allowed for in-service training, but it allowed for us to offer pre and post academy and uh, a number of items we did not necessarily have before for our cadets and our newly hired officers. And then the classroom that we had here at headquarters, we were able to start hosting external classes that we would not have been able to do because it would have been a full-time um, allocation for our resources with the cadets over here. So it allowed us to expand and have more ability over at that location. Okay. So for all law enforcement agencies pretty much right now, it's been very difficult to recruit and retain officers. Um, it sounds like you guys have had to add some positions to your ranks to keep up with the population. Have these facilities, these new facilities served as a recruiting tool and retention tool when it comes to um, keeping your officers trained and, and happy? I would hope so. Uh, when someone comes here and takes a look at our building, it is uh, definitely, it's an eye catcher. It's a, it's a beautiful place to come, especially training center. Uh, they have everything that they need as newer officers to be able to be successful in the field. And it, it gives them a place to where they can be proud to show their family, uh, to walk around and, and see it as a, as a, a benefit. I would hope that it does. I mean, uh, I haven't really spoken to a lot of the newer officers they come in. They do make comments about how, you know, beautiful and spacious the building is. Uh, but for the most part, having something, it, it's essentially their home. And it's no different than, you know, we invest in the officers having take-home cruisers with SUVs. Uh, it's their home for the eight or 10 hour shift that they're here. And you want to be able to provide something that they're they're proud to go to. One of the more important items that we have within the uh, organization is we have a nice spacious gym and we have large break areas as well on each of the floors because mental health as well as physical health is um, important to the agency and to the employees. And if you have areas where you can go to uh, be able to kind of just take care of report writing or take care of a few minutes where you just need a, a moment of to yourself, the, the building allows for that. So with the facility, um, I, I do like how you guys really did plan um, for the future, for future growth. Um, and especially when you guys were looking at this, you know, back as far as what, 2016 and when it was built, it was 2019. Are you glad that, you know, you were able to kind of have that approach where you're looking towards the future um, and then you have COVID happen and, um, not not only have to you know have those challenges with the pandemic itself, but then a, a lot of people moving into the area and having to um, expand your workforce. Um, how has that helped the just the fact that you guys were able to plan for the future so well? So what was interesting is when COVID uh, originally hit back in 2020. Um, a lot of the areas that we had on the second and third floors were large, spacious areas, and it allowed for the employees to have 
a little more separation than they would have had in the old buildings. The one thing I don't think we really took into account for is we started to mitigate the exposure that we had with a lot of our uniform ranks. So we did not hold read-off or, or meetings within the building. We started to uh, shift and do a lot of those outside the building. And it really kind of made the first floor patrol operations more of a ghost town for a while. Mm -hmm. And it took us a while to get back to where we thought we would be and coming back to the readoffs because it's important for people to come together and see each other. And it was an interesting dynamic because we're meeting out in areas where we don't necessarily want the officers to be able to sit in next to each other in a cramped space in the readoff areas compared to some of the other areas within investigations or in comp center or in, um, in the records division where it's open space and it's more spacious because they have large work areas. So it was definitely a different dynamic because you would never have thought of the designing a building where people just weren't coming to it because uh, um, yeah. you have people working remotely, uh, you have officers meeting in the field. So it was it definitely a different dynamic. Now, looking ahead, um, what challenges, what do you think the biggest challenges are for law enforcement agencies uh, out there? And how do you think that they could be addressed in the coming year? So I think some of the biggest issues you'll see across the country, even for us, is going to be continuing to recruit and make up for the losses of retirements and resignations over the last few years. That is probably going to be the number one challenge you will continue to see. You have a, a workforce that has retired and moved on, and you have to find a way to get the younger generation willing to step up and be a part of the policing. Pay has considerably moved up in some areas, so the pay issue may not necessarily be the biggest problem. It's the willingness of people wanting to come into a um, profession that took some lumps over the last few years. It was not the most well-revered. Uh, some of it was uh, navigating some changes that, that needed to be made. And uh, so that's kind of one of the things I think that is going to be the biggest challenge. I think the our department especially, but most departments have stepped up to that challenge. We continue to heavily recruit. We continue to hire as many people as we possibly can. And we have not seen the deficit as many of the agencies have, but we offer a very competitive pay package. We mm -hmm. offer very competitive mm -hmm. benefits. And because of that, it has allowed us to lure um, a number of people, not only new to the profession, but uh, as an example, I, I was teaching one of the academy classes today uh, for our new hires, and there were nine people in the class, and eight of them were pre-certified from other areas of the country. So they have come here to restart their careers. We we talked a little bit about uh, St. Petersburg itself and how it has changed a lot over the years. Um, you know, just even a few years ago, St. Petersburg was considered to be more of a you know retirement area, and now it's a very vibrant area that's uh, filled with a lot of younger people. Do you think that that's helped um, in a way with the recruiting, that it's just a different different area now? Well, we do here. We always ask uh, why they came to St. Petersburg, and it's nice yeah. to get homegrown individuals here. Uh, we do get quite a few that come down and say the nice weather and the beaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's always something that is a definite recruiting uh, item. But with your point is we are a much younger city. Our uh, demographic and our entire 
Tampa Bay area has grown significantly over the last few years. And this has allowed where we've been able to essentially get people from, you know, moving from states that may uh, be a little more uh, expensive when it comes to taxes or through other means. Florida generally, although it, 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 we do have a little bit of a shift now, Florida's generally been a more um, less cost-effective option to move to, but that's balanced right now. But for the most part, people are coming here, officers are moving here, and uh, we continue to take in the right direction. Right, thank you for uh, joining us today, Chief uh, Kavosov. Is there anything that uh, we didn't touch on that you may want to add? No, no, it's just it's good to be here, and I'm glad we can push it out. And uh, we're very proud of our headquarters building. We're very proud of our agency. We have come a long way, and we try to stay on the cutting edge of a lot of the items that, that are out there. And we're always looking for better ways to improve and, uh, and serve our citizens the best we can. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of Officer Command Q&A podcast. Uh, make sure you check out the next issue of Officer Magazine. And if you have any questions, you can reach us at editors at officer.com. Thank you and stay safe.